So welcome to the Expert Edge podcast. Today, we're having a conversation with Kerry Green. Now, this is going to be such a treat for you. Kerry Green runs the Entrepreneur Association. She runs a multi-seven-figure membership. And as always, my desire on this podcast is to bring you literally the best in the industry and to essentially you know, lift the hood on, on their Ferrari. Um, take a look inside this beast of an engine that they're running and have a look at not just the business mechanics, but also the mindset and the philosophy of the people that run these things. And what you're going to love about this interview is uh, it's real, it's honest, it's raw. Uh, We talk about her uh, growing up. We talk about some of the biggest, most challenging decisions she's made and some of the key pivotal I guess, decisions that she has made over the last couple of years to see a quantum leap in her business. You want to be listening out for that. And as well, we explored the one question that has really driven her to major success in her business. So I trust and I hope and I know that you're just going to really resonate with her and connect with her. So without any further ado, let's get into it. are listening to the expert edge podcast this is the place where experts come to command the stage position themselves as authorities and scale their business up get ready to access your next level of potential with your host colin boy so welcome to the podcast carrie green hey it is so great to have you on the expert edge i'm so excited to be here thank you for having me now, I've been really looking forward to having this conversation. Uh, firstly, because we've become really good friends over the past, say, what has it been, like a year and a half or so since we first met? Really? I don't know. I mean, time flies. <laughs> yeah. And I've had the privilege of like uh, hanging out with you and your family when you've been in Newport and just getting to know you in our peer mastermind that we're in and, you know, just watching you build and flourish in your life. Uh, I know that you are well on your way to having a new baby. Do you want to share with everyone how far you are along? Yeah, I'm 27 weeks, so not long to go now. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is crazy. I remember when Sarah was pregnant, you know, like it's so weird, the different zones of pregnancy of like sometimes it feels like it goes really fast sometimes it feels like it goes really slow true (laughs) so it's yeah it's so cool um and today's conversation i really wanted to um, deep dive into you carry the person because i know you've you've seen a lot of success in your expert business you've grown uh, you know, you've grown a significant team. You've, uh, you know, you've traveled around the world. You've spoken on amazing stages. Uh, but I also really want to understand like who you are and help the audience because I know that there's going to be, because we have a lot of actual female listeners, there's going to be a lot of female listeners who really resonate with you and your story and so forth. So I'm really curious. Um, first of all, tell, can you tell the audience like how you describe what you do and how you help people? Um, so I, so the, the business, the female entrepreneur association, I describe it as a platform to inspire and empower women to turn their ideas into successful businesses. (laughs) Um, so that's kind of like the mission of it all. And the heart and soul of it is the membership platform that we have, the membership community. Um, and 
yeah, I mean, I started in 2011. It's been such a wild adventure. <laughs> I'm um, curious, can, can you share like the origin story of like how you had that epiphany of starting the Female Entrepreneur Association? Like how did that come to fruition? <laughs> I don't know exactly, but it's probably went something like me sat, I was living in an apartment by myself, working on my other business. And I was probably sat there and I probably hadn't left the apartment in three days, going insane, feeling really isolated. And I thought, I need to create something to connect with other people. I think for me as well, the other thing was back then I was straight out of university and a lot of my friends were on like graduate schemes and they were hanging out with their colleagues and doing fun things and going to these social events and there was me on my own building this business and I didn't have any colleagues and every time I went to a networking event it felt like I was in a room full of people that I did not connect with remotely because it was often like the chamber of commerce or something like that where I felt like it was a bunch of mostly men in suits who were a lot older than me at the time and I was like okay I'm not really gonna make friends here and so I think I felt a bit like disconnected and like where are my people at and so I just figured it would be good to create something but that being said I had the idea then but I didn't have the courage then to do anything about it so I was just it's like you know especially for any business that is where you're uh showing up in a more vulnerable way or you're creating something where you're sharing a message it's harder to put it out there i find like my first business was phone unlocking so it wasn't like <laughs> it, you know it wasn't it wasn't really scary to put that out there putting out a message sharing things that inspired me or sharing my struggles or my challenges that felt scary and that felt embarrassing and that's what i struggled with and also this whole idea of like, who am I to do this? I'm not good enough. And people will think this is a joke. And so all those thoughts kind of put me off. So I bought about a million different domain names, came up with a million different ideas, started so many different websites. Um, but it took me three years before I actually did anything about it. <laughs> Crazy. I think that's so encouraging, Kerry, that it took you three years because I think so often now, like in this expert space, we see people from the external perspective have these, you know, Phoenix rises where it's like, oh my gosh, they came out of nowhere. But, but pretty much every single time they've been doing like five to 10 years of work prior, you know, yeah. and not getting known and really fumbling around and trying to find their message and trying to find what they wanted to do. And then because they'd done the work, they were able to create a message or an idea that really resonated with the audience. And then everything like turns on fire. But I think it's so encouraging to hear that, um, you know, in terms of, in terms of your journey, I'm curious when you said you didn't have the courage to make the decision to start it and so forth, what was it that kind of pushed you over the edge to get over you know, the fear of what other people would think or whatever it was and really like lean into that. I got so fed up with my own crap. <laughs> like I just got to a point where I was so miserable. I was so unhappy. It's like, you know, when you have that feeling deep down inside that you're meant to do more and be more and have more and you feel like you're playing small and 
you almost feel like you're suffocating yourself because there's so much resistance and you're holding yourself back so much. And I was, for me, I was stuck in this mantra of, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And that was my thing. And, uh, I just got, yeah, I got so fed up of it. You know, Jim Rohn, he always said that when people have their day of disgust, it's a significant day because it's a day that changes their lives. And I think for me, I had a day of disgust where I was so disgusted by myself and my behavior and the fact that I was constantly stopping myself from going for it. Um, and in that moment I knew I needed to change and I realized that it wasn't the only thing that I had to figure out was how to change myself in the sense of how to change the decisions I was making, how to change the action I was taking, how to basically rewire myself for success instead of the failure that I felt like the, 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 you know, I wanted to get unstuck and away from this feeling that I wasn't really living the life I wanted to be living. And I knew that I had to start on the inside. And so I created a little challenge for myself. I called it my um, mission success challenge. And it was literally just to see what would be possible if I conditioned myself for success. And I began to think about, well, I began to immerse myself in how do you rewire your brain for success? How do you, um, how do you change your life? And as I began down this journey of exploring and seeing what was possible, I realized that what my dream life looked like was doing something I was passionate about, something that lit me up. And I knew I had the idea for that, which was the, F, the Female Entrepreneur Association idea. And so as part of that challenge, I was like, why don't I just go for it? And so in doing that challenge and in acknowledging that I needed to change, I had the courage in that moment to actually go for it with the female entrepreneur association and get it out there. And it literally completely transformed my life. Wow. But it started as an internal, internal exploration, trying to figure out how do I actually wire myself for success? <laughs> Firstly, I, I just want to say, I love that you talked about Jim Rowan. He's probably my, one of my favorite personal development guys. I know, he's so good. Oh, I know he passed away, you know, several years ago, but yeah. it, I remember being really sad when he passed away and hearing about it because he's, his nuggets of truth are just like mind blowing. Hey, yeah, so good. <laughs> so good. Um, now I'm curious about, cause you said like you had this day of disgust and then you kind of this place of being fed up and it's, that's so true. Cause I feel like so often when you're in that limbo of you really don't like where you are, but you're not feeling enough pain to make a change because the future still feels slightly more painful than the pain of where you are right now. And, and then eventually it gets to that point where you have so much pain in your current life that you go, you know what? <laughs> the future pain, is actually less than what the pain of is right now. Has, has that, has that changed in how you make decisions? Like, has that evolved or is that still like a big driver for you with making shifts and changes? I mean, I definitely feel now when I've got ideas to scare the hell out of me, it, it takes me to get to a tipping point where the pain of not doing it outweighs 
the pain no, yeah I can't think of the way to say it but like that pain of not doing it is more painful than the idea of doing it and so not doing it is just not an option um uh yeah because I mean I always think no matter how far along you get in your entrepreneurial journey there's always new ideas you're coming up with that push you outside of your comfort zone and terrify you and like get all those fears and doubts and worries bubbling to the surface again and making you feel inadequate and making you feel imposter syndrome and making you feel the doubts and the worries and you have to deal with them all over again and so you get back to that place where you have to inch your way closer and closer and closer until you feel like you can just take the leap and go for it so oh it's so true can you like because you are you know significantly further along the journey than probably like most people who would listen to this, you run a multi-million dollar business, you've got, you know, a significant staff, etc. But I would love you to share, you know, like the insides of like, what's the difference? What's some of the biggest differences that you've noticed from, from when you kind of started and when and how you act now, and maybe even some of those similarities as well? Um, I mean, I feel like, as time's gone by, oh well, I've evolved in the sense of, because I've been so heavily involved in personal development that I suppose maybe it's a bit more second nature now. And I look at challenges and stuff and can deal with them maybe faster. But then I say that, but I think sometimes depends, you know, like the past couple of years, one of my biggest challenges has been around team and operations and, I've definitely had blocks that have taken me a really, really long time to try and work my way through. And, you know, some of those blocks I wasn't truly aware of for a long time, even though I do do all this mindset stuff. So I do, I mean, I, it's just all a crazy ride. Um, but I think actually when I started the Female Entrepreneur Association, one of the biggest things I committed to was just the idea of seeing what's possible and taking action. And I think that's what's kind of stayed true throughout the whole journey of, of the business is just seeing what's possible and taking action and going with the flow and going where it feels good and allowing things to open up and expand and develop. And I've kept that same philosophy as I've gone through. And I think that really has contributed so much to the success of the business. Um, I find it's in the moments where I am forcing it so much and I'm pushing and pushing and pushing that I don't really get anywhere and that nothing's really flowing and I feel stuck. Um, So I have to try and get myself back to a place where it all flows. But I think I have done that since the beginning. Mm. It sounds like, because I know for me, it's kind of like the gap between taking the action despite the pain has gotten a lot shorter. Um, yeah. and like, cause you still feel the uncomfort, you still feel the discomfort, you know, that there's another level of growth. And I think a lot of the time, I know for me, when I first started out, I remember walking along Manly beach in Australia when we lived there and, uh, saying to Sarah, my wife, you know, as soon as I hit $10,000, babe, like everything's going to change. You know, I was like, our life's going to change. Things are going to be easier. I'm going to be like happy with the business. And it's like, I hit $10,000 when I say $10,000 a month. Right. And yeah. cause I was, I was like, I was doing some coaching. I was just doing life coaching at the time and, and a little bit of speaking. And I remember hitting 10,000 a month and 
and nothing changing at all. Like still feeling like just as frustrated, just as much like, oh, I've just got to get to the next level. Like, has that been your experience along your journey as well? 100%. Isn't it funny? Because like, I remember when I started FEA, I thought, when it gets to a point where this is, um, you know, I'm making loads of money and or if, for example, sometimes you think when this is a seven figure business, it's going to be amazing and everything's going to change, but you have completely new set of doubts and fears and worries take over a new set of goals take over. So you're trying to get to the next level and the next level. And it's, it's really hard. Like there have been moments when I've asked myself, why does this end? Like <laughs> what, you know, what am I trying to achieve here? Like, um it's it's crazy because i remember how you know some at the beginning of it all when you have you know you're not making money yet and you're trying to figure out how to make money and you think that when you make the money that it's going to change everything like i remember i yeah, just thinking oh but when you have it and you've got it all figured out you'll feel so much better but when you get there you don't necessarily feel so much better. You've got other stresses and other things. So, <laughs> <laughs> so true, isn't it? What what yeah. on earth have, have we all signed up for? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it's so good. But I just know that. I mean, entrepreneurship is is I think parenthood, <laughs> marriage, and entrepreneurship are the three like that's the trio of ultimate personal development, right? <laughs> yeah, so true. Could not agree with you more. <laughs> It's so crazy. Um, I'm really curious, Kerry, like what was it like growing up for you? Can we go back to like younger Kerry in school and so forth? Like, I'm really curious about like, you know, how did you, how did you grow up and what were some of like, you know, your desires when you were growing up as a young girl? So, well, I feel really fortunate because my dad is really into personal development, which is actually really uncommon in the UK. <laughs> um, but he it's like really Australia. Into- it's like Australia. It's <laughs> Australia and the UK are so similar. Like, yeah. <laughs> where I feel like you know America in general, uh, and living in America now, it's a lot more like you know, let's go for your dreams, let's develop yourself, let's move forward. Where Australia and the UK are very much, hey come on, just take it easy. Don't, yeah. don't push yourself too hard. Seriously. <laughs> um, Sorry, I interrupted. No, but it's so true. It's so true. So I feel, yeah, I feel fortunate because my dad was really into it all. And I remember being like 12 and he was sat me down in front of the TV and had a videotape of Jim Rohn. And I was like, dad, who is this old man you're trying to make me watch? <laughs> um, uh, I remember when I was about nine or 10, he sent me and my sister and brothers on this course for a weekend to learn about the power of the mind. And um, we learn about the power of positive thinking. We learn how to visualize. And there was this exercise that we, we, we did there. And it was called the house on the right bank. And basically in the visualization, one of the, you create like your house on the right bank of this river. And so you, your house is whatever you want to make it in your mind. And then one of the rooms inside of this house is called the editing suite. And the editing suite is basically where you've got this movie screen and you can project your future and you can see the movie of your life and of what you want to create. And so I started to do this. We got a little cassette tape that we could listen to every night when we had finished the course to basically go into to do this visualization of the house on the right bank and to, to go into the editing suite and do that stuff. And so that was really amazing experience. And, and then 
dad was always sharing with me stuff like he always said decide what you want and write it down and set your goals and he would buy his books like sean covey stephen's son his um seven habits of highly effective teenagers and um he would tell us all about cosmic ordering and he bought us all the cosmic ordering books which is this concept of basically placing a cosmic order so you literally ask the universe what you want which works really well for car parking spaces i might add so like for example if i was driving into a city center and i knew it was going to be horrendous parking i would vividly visualize like where i want to park and the car parking space being available for me and i'd cosmic order it and it's insane it just blooming works every time i'd get there and a car would be literally pulling out and so I could pull it straight into it. It's, it's weird. I, I was telling, uh, you know, with Brandon Lucero, I was yeah. on his podcast and when we were chatting, I was telling him about this, but when me and Brandon worked together years ago or a few years ago, we were driving around a car park that was really busy and I told him he needs to cosmic order and then what happened? The space appeared. <laughs> it works. So like my dad would t- tell us all this stuff and as a teenager, I was, uh, I don't know exactly how old I was, but I created my first goal folder and it was this like black folder I had with these plastic wallets and I put in there stuff that I wanted to make happen. Like I got my grade card from school and I changed the grades. So it said AAA because I wasn't doing that good oh at school. Oh my gosh. Um, and I put in that, like I got bank statements and changed them to, I added loads of noughts to the end. I think, I can't remember. <laughs> it said like 136 million in my bank account and, um, and like cars I wanted to have and yachts and um, a bottle of perfume in there of how I wanted my life to smell when I was successful. And from time to time, I'd get this bottle out and smell it and just smell success. And I would feel the feelings of success wash over me. And I knew that I wanted to create success and I wanted to live an incredible life. And um, it, but as as a teenager, I was at school, I was always in the bottom, bottom sets. I was always getting into detention. I was always kind of, I wasn't doing, I wasn't really that bad, but I did get into trouble all the time. I kind of pushed the limits. And, um, and I, um, I, I, but I feel like everything my dad taught me about mindset, like sunk in. And I realized that, you know, if I want to, make something happen I can make it happen like he always used to say there's no well he still says it there's no such word as can't um you you can do it and you can find out how to do it and he would always say this and he would always empower me to believe in myself and to believe that I could make amazing things happen and um and I think it slowly started to really really sink in for me and I think that was also a big reason in the end why I ended up doing well at school and well at university it's not because I'm in that intelligent because actually at school like I said I was always in the bottom sets but I think it's because he showed me how to tap into the power of my mind and the power of myself to achieve a result um and the other thing especially growing up was when I was eight I asked for a clarinet for my birthday and I got one and then I learned how to play it and my dad really encouraged me to stick at it because there were times when I just wanted to give up and he encouraged me to keep playing and keep practicing and within seven years I went from not being able to play it to being able to play Mozart's clarinet concerto and passing grade eight and that really taught me that if you are disciplined and you practice and practice and practice, 
you can become amazing at whatever you put your mind to. And so things like that growing up really helped to give me a good grounding on knowing that I can take something that I don't know anything about and that I'm awful at and I can learn and practice how to become really, really, really good at that one thing. And I think that level of discipline has definitely helped me so much as I went into the business world. Wow. So what I'm, what I'm drawing out from there is, you know, having a clear vision and even because I know you're big into vision boards and visualizations and yeah. really working on your mindset and then, and then really having some disciplines to push through to one of the things I always talk about is like that tipping point of, I think Malcolm Gladwell was the first person I learned it from of where it's kind of like, you know, you, you don't really see the results until it hits a tipping point. And then once it hits that tipping point, you get this like amazing momentum. And I think most people give up before they hit their tipping point in their yeah. business. And that tipping point might be 10,000 a month. It might be 20,000, it might be 50,000. It's like, or it might be a certain audience level. And, and I've noticed that most like the entrepreneurs that do well, they, they stay true to their vision and keep it really close and, and it becomes a visceral experience for them. And, yeah. but they keep pushing to that, to that tipping point. Is that something that you would say like you've really kind of had unconsciously and consciously in your mind? Yeah, I think it's been a hundred percent conscious because like one of the quotes I had on my wall when I started FEA was successful people hang on when everyone else lets go. Wow. And there were so many times when all I wanted to do was let go and give up because I didn't know how to do it and it felt hard and it felt challenging. And I would look at that quote and I would just think to myself, Carrie, you can hang on. Like you can, at the very least, you can hang on and you can keep going. And I am so grateful for having the courage and the discipline to do that because that is ultimately what's led me to where I am today um and I, I I couldn't agree more like you know it is working and working and working to try and get to that tipping point and like you said so many people let go just as they're about to reach mm. it what did you want to be when you were younger like <laughs> other than an entrepreneur was there something else you wanted to be yeah I um <laughs> well growing up obviously I think it's maybe a bit different now but Growing up, there wasn't, there weren't any business role models. And so the only role models I saw of people living their best lives were actors, were actors. And so I would see them and I would think, wow, they're in the magazines, they're creating success, they're creating so much, like they're making so much money. And then I thought that's what I wanted. So after I finished in the UK, we have GCSEs when you're like 15, 16. And when I finished that, I told my parents I was going to acting school and they, they actually let me go. And I went to this school that was kind of, it was not a good, good acting school. It was a bit weird. I can't believe they actually let me go. I am grateful for the experience though. And, um, I thought I was going to be an actress. I cannot act to save my life. I might add, I'm awful. I mean, it was such an amazing experience though. <laughs> Very funny. I had to funny. sing and I had to dance as well. My interview for getting into the school, I took along a CD with backing music to um, <laughs> Killing Me Softly. Oh, that's so good. And I, I, can I sang it. I can just visualize it. <laughs> I mean, it must have been awful. I, um, yeah, I don't even know how I got in. And But when I was there, it was really interesting because I realized that so many people 
just didn't want to pay attention. They just wanted to mess around and play around. And I was like, no, I'm here because I want to, I want to do something. I want to create, I want to be something. And so it was, I think I got confused with thinking that being something meant being an actress because I only had those kind of role models to look up to in terms of like creating that level of success. Um, anyway, after the first year, the school burned down because the person who was like the head of the school was actually a complete fraud and he was actually sleeping at the school and the day the insurance on the building ran out, the building burned down. It was the weirdest situation ever. Um, it was mad. So then after that, I went back to school and did my A-levels and had a new level of like focus and discipline and then went off to university. And then it was when I was at university that I started my first business and then realized no actually i love business and i love the idea of having an idea and turning it into reality and seeing what is possible and i think it was just that i like for me i realized after a long time of thinking about it and going in circles i can't it was a while where i was trying to figure out what the heck's my purpose in life and i thought a purpose was like i want to be a dancer i want to be a pianist i want to be an actress but i realized for me my purpose in life is actually just to live my best life and to see what is possible and to expand and to, to grow and to develop as much as I possibly can. And I think for a really long time, I thought that meant being an actress, but it doesn't. Mm. <laughs> um, so I mean, maybe we can do some acting classes or something together at some point. <laughs> maybe you can teach me with killing me softly. <laughs> we'll put the killing me softly in the background. Oh God. We'll get an old CD player and, uh, and we'll crank it out. <laughs> there was this one time though, we did an, an audition for the Commonwealth games and we had to, we were standing in a circle, the whole of us in this, this um, drama school. And we had to freestyle to Missy Elliott. I wanted to die. I, I was like, Missy what? Elliott. Yeah, I was just like, I, I mean, I wish that I could look back and see myself and see how ridiculous I looked when that happened. I mean, that is so that, funny. like my worst nightmare. But um, I, I want to know what, looking on the journey of your business, what have been some of the decisions that you've made that have seen some like quantum leaps in the momentum of your business? Um, I think one was actually deciding to create freebies to grow my email list. When I did that, I've been putting it off a really long time because the idea of creating a freebie really overwhelmed me. And um, yeah, when I actually finally did it in that month, we got 6,000 subscribers and I was like, why did I not do this sooner? <laughs> um, so you so must have had an, an audience already to get 6,000 subscribers. Like how did that happen? Was that Facebook ads or was that like your, your organic audience? So I got started and I just kind of got myself out there and networked and connected and tried different social media platforms. I was on LinkedIn. I had a LinkedIn group. I then kind of got into Facebook and then I realized that Facebook is really where I wanted to focus because I could see it at that time. It was definitely the place where I could feel the traction was yep. building the fastest. So then I went all in on Facebook and so we grew our Facebook fan page and, um, and then I did start an email list and that grew really slowly with just organically promoting it and, or, you know, through social media. Um, was that for like a newsletter or something like that? Yeah. So at first I was just like, sign up and be part of this project. It was kind of 
all a bit wishy-washy yeah. and then eventually i was doing a weekly newsletter and then um and then i launched a free the free magazine and the free magazine uh, was it you could just read it online like you didn't have to sign up to read it but then i was like sign up if you want to be notified so then that helped grow the list a little bit as well mm. um and so, and then I started tinkering with Facebook ads. So by the time I created my first freebie, which was probably a year and a half into running the business, yeah. I did have a presence on social media and I did have, I can't remember exactly how many people already on my email list, but there were people there. So I, yeah, when I did the freebie, I was like, wow, I didn't realize it could be this easy. Wow. But, but it was obviously, it did help that I did have that. I had traffic coming to the website. I had, I did have visibility on social media at that point. Mm. And then I think the next tipping point was the decision to actually start a membership site, which terrified me, but I eventually got out of my own way and did that. And that was like an incredible decision that completely transformed the business. Cause before that I was doing a lot of joint venture um, things. So I, for example, did a webinar with Amy Porterfield and we promoted her at the time, her program FB mm. influence. And then I did joint venture webinars with Lewis Howes and James Webmore and Melanie Duncan and was doing all that, which came about really randomly because I randomly spotted Lewis Howes email address as a reply to a comment in one of the blog posts he'd written and decided to email him and be like, Hey, would love to support you. <laughs> And then all of those webinars transpired from me randomly reaching out to Lewis Howes. Wow. Um, so, but then it was, it was good, but it was sporadic because it was like one month you could make, like I remember doing the, we did a Pinterest webinar that made like over 20 grand and I was like, bloody hell. But it went from like doing that one month and not knowing what was happening the next month. Mm. So when I launched the membership site, it was amazing because then that was recurring monthly revenue, which was mm. the best. Um, and then within a year of building the membership site, we had a thousand members and it was obviously general, it was, well, it was generating like 25,000 a month. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Hmm. And then met Stu McLaren and changed up the way we were launching. And this was like the second biggest thing that really helped transform things. Cause then we switched, I learned more about how to launch and I learned more about open and closed enrollment. And so we switched it. So you couldn't just join the members club anytime you could only join during our enrollment periods. And so I closed the enrollment down. And then a few months later, we opened back up for seven days. And in seven days we had 1200 new members join. Wow. And I was like, bloody hell, we've had more members join in a week than we had joined in a whole blooming year. <laughs> and so I thought this clearly worked. So that year we did three launches and we went from a thousand to over 3000 members. Um, and at that point, yeah, the revenue, what we, the price had increased and the revenue was around like 90,000 a month. And I was like, wow, this is cool. amazing. So yeah. those were, yeah, three things like the freebies, deciding to actually do the membership site and then really deciding to learn how to launch successfully. Yeah. Oh, I love that. What, what have been, like if you reflect on it, what have been some of the more like challenging moments of running your business and your life that you've had to overcome? Uh, well, I feel like if I'm being honest, the biggest challenge has been myself and getting over myself to actually 
get on and do the things I wanted to do. What are um, some of the fears that come up in you so that people can kind of relate to that? Cause I'm sure it's going to come up in everyone. <laughs> so yeah. what, what, what comes up in you? Like, what are those, if you could like phrase it, what are the fears that come up still or, you know, that you've had all that you've had to overcome? I'm not good enough. Is this going to be enough? Um, will people like it? Will people want it? Um, what if no one buys? And even now I think the same things and I know it's completely illogical, but I can't help but feel some of those things still. <laughs> um, but I think, yeah, those are like with the membership site, when I launched it, I, I suppose I was also worried, like, can I keep this going? Is it sustainable? Um, I think it's just really scary putting yourself out there and putting your ideas out there. It is hey. It's terrifying. It's so um, true. Like I, cause I, when you talked about, you know, your first, venture which was phone unlocking which i mean let's be honest that's going to change the world for sure um <laughs> the, then you transition to your you know um female entrepreneur association there's there's something on like or the, i feel like there's something extra scary about doing what you really want to do yeah because I know for me, like when I used to run a program called the Productivity Academy and it was all about productivity, right? <clears throat> and I launched it because I didn't want to launch what I really wanted to do, which was sell from stage Academy. <laughs> and so I launched this like almost five years ago and it, like it did really well because like I, I knew the fundamentals of how to actually build something up and grow it. But but it wasn't as scary. It was almost like my 1.0 version of like, if this fails, then at least you know, the whole, my whole desires of my entire yeah. life haven't <laughs> failed. Like, have you found that experience as well? What's been yours? kind of Definitely. But even before I started FEA, instead of doing FEA, I decided to start a business to business telecoms company. So bloody boring. I remember getting to number one for my keyword on Google within two weeks. I don't know how I ninjaed that one out, but I did. And like, I was running a business to business telecoms company as a reseller of a different, of another telecoms company. And it was boring as hell. Like it was so boring, but it, I could get on, I could do it. I could put it out there. And then I was going to start a, and I got the domain name. I set the website up and it was going to be a marketing like media agency, all that stuff. Like you said, it's easier to do stuff when you're not, your heart's not as in it because then you can't get your heart broken if it doesn't work. Whereas when your heart is in it and it's a complete, you know, heart and soul uh, project, there's so much more on the line and there's so much more, this, you've got this, I felt so much more vulnerability around it. And um, yeah, it's, it's really scary. <laughs> it's, but I think that's the thing, but that's where the magic is too. Yeah. It's so easy, isn't it? Like there's, there's something special about the energetic momentum behind something that you have absolute conviction. It almost becomes like how you describe it, it becomes a necessity of yeah. like, you just, you can't not do it. And yeah. a, lo a lot of people kind of haven't got to that point of pain where they realized, you know, far out, I really need to make this shift. Cause I know even for us, when we were looking at coming, moving to the U S um, like there was a lot of pain around moving towards that because we had a lot of success in Australia. We had a great business. Actually, it was our year that was like most profitable. It was like incredible. And I was like, am I just going to break all this momentum to move to the US to kind of start over again? And I realized that if I didn't do it now, then 
you know, when was it going to be a better time? There was never going to be a better time. And so it was like this pain of, of going, what could be possible for us? And I'm not saying move to the US for anyone, but I'm just, it was more for us. That was like something that was on our heart and, and we went after it. And once you move into it, there's like, I, I could tell you so many amazing, like, I feel like, you know, synchronicities and God moments of just how everything just aligned from getting our house, from getting loans, from getting like all these, like, actually I will say loans. We didn't even get a loan. What am I saying? Um, from getting our house mainly and relationships and all this sort of stuff, like just coming together and just working beautifully. Um, but as well, it's been like a real challenge. Like there's a lot of fear you've got to get over and so forth. Yeah. Um, so what would you encourage, how would you encourage someone if they're like on that precipice of really like going after what, they wanted to do like what would you say to them I feel like for me what is helpful is immersing myself in things that are inspiring and empowering Mm. and working on myself so just things from as simple as going on YouTube every day and watching a video that inspires me or listening to podcast episodes that inspire me and empower me and fire me up or reading books that inspire me and empower me. Just doing stuff like that, but doing it every day can make such a huge difference. And just like get inspirational quotes and empowering quotes, stick them everywhere. Start to immerse your your conscious and subconscious mind in in thoughts that you can do it and that you can make it happen Um, for me again like sometimes I think we get so caught up in the day-to-day of life that we forget to dream big and I think if you actually zoom out of life and you think about what the deal is here and you know if for example you go into the future and you asked your 80 year old self what would what would they do? What decisions would they make? What would they want to be saying and looking back on, you know, their life? So for example, for you, when you were making that decision to move to the US and you were afraid and holding back, if at that moment you'd have gone into the future and asked your 80 year old self, like, what, what would you want to do? You know, how would you want life to been you'd have been you knew you would have known at 80 you would have kicked yourself if you didn't do it and you'd been so annoyed with yourself for well, just do you, not do you know it's crazy it. that's the exact question that pushed us here that's the exact question like it's the the i think they refer to it like the rocking chair test of you you know 80 years old sitting on your rocking chair looking back on your life and like would you regret not making that decision and for us it was a clear yes yeah. Um, so like you're just hitting the nail on the head. Like, I think that's such a powerful kind of perspective. And do you use that often? Yeah, all the time. Like I really do. Cause I just think you have to arm yourself with techniques that are going to help tip you over the edge. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's a huge one. And, um, even there's a, I often use this when I'm doing like webinars and stuff, it's this picture of the universe with this little circle around a tiny dot that says you are here and for me as well I love that because it really puts into perspective the fact that in this huge universe that we can't even really comprehend somehow we are here and somehow we are making the connections we're making we're seeing the information we're seeing so for example anyone listening to this episode I just think you're listening to it for a reason there's a reason why you're here there's a reason why you're hearing the words you're hearing and maybe it's because there is something deep down inside of you that you know that you want to do but you've not been doing and maybe this is a sign that you need to do it or there's something that has been within this episode that has been like has helped you in some way but I just really feel like I don't know 
we have to, like I said, I call it my mind, bag of mindset magic tricks. And I just think that the more we build that up, the more we are likely to throw ourselves off the edge and just go for it and to make those scary decisions to move forward. Um, but yeah, so for me, like the inspirational stuff and those questions of like thinking about what your 80 year old self would say and thinking about the bigger picture of life is so, is so powerful. It's like I was listening to an interview this week and they were saying how, I mean, I've heard this a million times, the number one regret of the, um, the number one thing that people who are dying say is that they regretted doing, they regretted not doing something. And like, mm. I know I, I don't want to get to the end of my life and feel like I regret that I didn't live bigger or I didn't do enough or I didn't go for my dreams. Like I desperately don't want that to happen. And for that not to happen, I have to have the courage now to take action. So doing whatever I can to get myself in a frame of mind where I can make decisions that will help me to live my best life is so crucial. And it's like with everything, it's like, you know, we all our decisions start with our thoughts and how we feel. So I need to make sure that I'm really working on how I think and how I feel every single day so that I can make better decisions and I can take better actions so that I can have a better outcome in my life. And so I just think being really aware of that and working on it is life changing. Um, I think it's the difference between living a really good life and feeling crap. <laughs> really. yeah, totally. I, I love this, this distinction. Like when you were talking about you know, your, your fear is to get to the end of your life and to feel like you didn't live up to what was possible for your life. I've, I'm noticing, cause I feel like for me, when that fear of not living up to my potential became bigger than the fears that I felt in my everyday life, that was when my life changed. And I've, and I've noticed this similarity, this similar tract of people who are doing really well in business and in life, they have more fear of, of not, you know, reaching their potential than they do of, you know, the, the daily fears of what comes up of like putting yourself out there and cause you feel all of those fears, but it's like, yeah. which fear is bigger? Yeah. <laughs> right. As much as like, I was like, I, I, I think it's, I love like inspiration and stuff, but I also think like the power of, of having a bigger, more resourceful fear is so powerful. Yeah. Um, I love that. And on that note, and it's kind of like leading to, as we wrap this up is I, I would love to know is like, let's say we get you, you get to the end of your life and we were, there's actually a group of people um, standing around, maybe even your kids, maybe some of your closest friends, and they're talking about you, Kerry, and they're talking about your life. What what would you desire? What would you hope that they would say about you? I just would want them to say, she made a difference. She made a positive difference. Like, I just want to do good and want to try and help other people to live their best lives and I want to live my best life and I just think for me that's kind of like the heart and soul of it and there are so many different ways to do that um you know because for example like not only 
like with the female entrepreneur association it's doing that but i also have another business well carrying co which is physical products which has the same outcome it's to inspire and empower people um but i think i truly i've thought this before and it definitely is just to for people to say like i yeah she is inspiring she made me feel empowered mm-hmm. and she's like a really nice kind person that's what i'd want people <laughs> to say well, I definitely think people are going to feel that today after our conversation. And I know you are that to me as well as a friend and someone who, you know, I just, I just really just am so grateful that you're in our life. Um, you always inspire me as well. So uh, it's been a pleasure having you on this, on this podcast. What would be the best ways for people to connect with you? I know you've got your podcast. Um, she means business. Uh, so guys definitely go and subscribe to that. Um, what's kind of, is there like something else that you would love to point towards? Just um, probably hanging out on Instagram. At yeah. Green. <laughs> so at Carrie green, we'll, we'll put the link in the show notes. Uh, but you've got a great Instagram there and with the, I know you're super active on there and lots of, lots of uh, engagement. So Carrie, yeah. it's been a pleasure. Uh, you're just a, you're just an amazing person. And I like both Sarah and I am just so grateful that you're in our life and um, yeah, I'm excited for the journey ahead and, yeah. and where things are going to go. So thank you so yeah. much for being on the oh, conversation. Thank you so much for having me. I've loved it. <laughs> Love it. Thanks Gary. So I hope you enjoyed that episode of The Expert Edge. Now, before you go, I've got something really special for you because I know that you know how important your signature story is. It's the way in which you connect with your audience and move them to join your programs without being pushy and salesy. It's the reason why I teach so deeply about it in Self From Stage Academy. Now. Just recently, I created a really useful guide for you. It's called the Signature Story Guide. And what it's gonna do is gonna help you to discover your signature story and ask you some really pivotal questions on working out what signature story you should really be telling and then how to tell it. I want you to imagine your next webinar or your next Facebook Live or even your next live presentation and imagine yourself sharing a signature story that truly resonates with your audience and moves them to join your programs. Notice how good that's gonna feel. Notice how empowering that's gonna feel. Now, I really wanna help you out and I wanna actually give you this methodology for free. And it's really simple in how you actually grab it. All you need to do is go to the Expert Edge podcast, which you're listening to right now, and leave an honest written review about the value or the insight that you've got from one of the episodes. Now, before you submit it, all you need to do is take a screenshot of that review and obviously submit the review and then send that image on your phone to support at teamboyd.com. In the subject line, if you can put Expert Edge Review, that'll help us as well. And so send that image to support at teamboy.co. That email address is in the show notes as well. With the subject line, Expert Edge Review. And our team's going to send you back this guide that is going to help you to discover and share your signature story so that you can connect with your audience and move them to join your programs. I hope this blesses you. I trust it will as you grow and develop your expert business. And I really look forward to reading your review. We'll speak to you soon.